Hi, it's episode 69 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I'm Heather Brooker. Thanks for listening to my show. Appreciate you. Welcome. Take a minute, if you would, please, and subscribe to Motherhood in Hollywood on iTunes or Stitcher, wherever you might be listening. We have lots of great shows coming up, and you don't want to miss them, okay? I want to start by telling you guys that Motherhood in Hollywood is sponsored by Up4 Probiotics. So if you're doing any traveling this coming holiday season, you want to make sure you check out Up4 Probiotics to give your immune system and your digestive system a great healthy start. In particular, they have a formula called Up4 Ultra. It's a high potency performance probiotic, and it's really helpful if you're dealing with stressful times, traveling, or if you are having any digestive issues. Up4 Ultra can really reinforce your digestive system as well as give you immune support. So check that out. Go to motherhoodandhollywood.com, click on the Up4 Probiotics image, and it'll take you right to Up4 where you can find out more information about that. Or you can also find Up4 Probiotics in your local Target store. So next time you're at Target picking up a few things, go to the vitamin and supplement section and check out Up4 Probiotics and see how you can start creating a healthier inside. Motherhood in Hollywood is also sponsored by Lansino. Lansino has created a Bluetooth smart pump. It's the first pump of its kind to use Bluetooth technology. Here's how it works. It pairs with the Lansino baby app to help you track pumping and automatically record the date, time, and duration of each pumping session. The app makes it easy to help you track breastfeeding and bottle feeding sessions, diaper changes, and your baby's growth. Lansino's new smart pump features a hygienic closed design system, which which is a very important safety feature that can help prevent mold and bacteria growth in the pump motor and tubing. And that's often something that parents don't think about when you're looking at breast pumps. And it's actually a very important feature. So go to motherhoodandhollywood.com, click on the Lansino image, and that will take you right to Lansino where you can find out more about the new Lansino smart pump. Finally, there's a smarter way to pump. Grab your popcorn and goobers. It's time for Motherhood in Hollywood with your host, Heather Brooker. This is a crude prude's perspective on being a full-time mom in showbiz. She's not a perfect mom, but she can play one on TV. Hold on to your butts. Here's Heather. Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 69 of Motherhood in Hollywood. I am so, so looking forward to sharing this episode with you today. My guest is M. Blair Briard. She is the executive producer of massive shows, very just awesome shows. Can you tell I'm excited? She is executive producer on Louie, on Better Things, on One Mississippi, on Baskets. Um, she has her hands in some of the most prolific comedies that are happening right now in television and on streaming on uh, streaming services. So she's also a uh, part Louis CK's uh, production partner at pig Newton. And, um, it, I just am overwhelmed. I'm almost tongue tied. <laughs> I know that's so nerdy. I'm such a dork, but, um, the information she has and the experience and the knowledge that she shares in this podcast is so invaluable and just really interesting to hear a woman's perspective, a mother's perspective who is creating content at her level is fascinating to me. She talks about what it's like, uh, what it was like when she got pregnant and she was producing on major shows and films and she was working on films at the time and, um, wondering if she's ever going to work again. 
it's a fear that women have when they start to, when they start a family. And I think that's one of the reasons why I wanted to do motherhood in Hollywood is to start talking about those stories to, um, open up our, our eyes a little bit and ears to knowing that there's other experiences out there besides just actors. Cause truly, I mean, this is my perspective is as a, mostly from an actor's perspective, but, um, it's interesting to me to hear other women's experiences in various parts of the industry, whether they're you know producing, uh, writing, whether they're a chef or stylist, I've had stylists on to hear about how making the choice or becoming a mom, um, can affect your career or not affect your career. Maybe it's helped for me. It's certainly spawned different opportunities and opened my eyes to different areas that I didn't even know existed. So, um, she talks about that. She talks about what it's like working with Louie, what her role is in their production company. And, um, she also talks a lot about better things on FX, which I am obsessed with. It is such a great show. If you're not watching better things, uh, and especially if you're a mom in LA, if you're an actor or creator of any type, you should watch better things with Pamela Adlin. It's so brilliant. And there's so many times where I'm like, ah, oh, that is my life. Um, except like way less famous. Um, but anyway, so, uh, I'm really excited to share that with you. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm-hmm. But first, I want to talk to you guys about, uh, oh, let's do our mom mentions really quick over on Twitter. If you haven't followed me on Twitter yet, please do that. MIH podcast is where you need to go. I want to give a quick mom mention to Raising Twincesses. Um, how cute is that handle? Twincesses uh, underscore blog. Thanks for following me. Warrior Kids Rule. Uh, thank you so much for following me. Anika Reitman, you guys, she plays Minnesota on the new, uh, she plays Minnesota. She plays Anika, but she's from Minnesota on E's new show, Catching Kelsey, which by the way, is anybody watching that? I, I'm, I, here's the deal. I think that guy is really hot <laughs> and I know a lot of people disagree with me because they're like, Ooh, he's a douchebag. He's a dork, whatever. I think he's pretty cute actually. And I think he's pretty charming until he starts like just open, uh, open making out with everybody. Like just stop it. That's just gross. You don't need to make out with like nine girls in one day. I get it. It's for a reality show. It's all fake, but it still grosses me out. Um, but anyway, I think he's hot. I watched that show. So what's up Anika? Thanks for following me on uh, the Twitter. I want to say hello to, uh, Jade Warren, Jared Warren, excuse me. Um, and also here we read, uh, thank you so much. You guys for following me on Twitter. You can also find motherhood in Hollywood on Instagram and Facebook. There's a lot of, uh, a lot of activity happening over there for me this week. I have some pretty big things coming up that I can't talk about. I know one of the things I'm going to be doing on Monday is I'm covering the world choreography awards, which I'm super excited about. I'm going to go and talk to dancers. Um, and they're going to look at me and be like, bitch, you do not dance. But it's okay. I know about dancing. Um, I'm going to go and uh, interview those, uh, some of the sexy dancers there. And there's just a lot of, you know, cool things happening. So make sure you follow me on the social media and, uh, and interact with me. Let me know. Also, if you guys want to um, give me guest suggestions, if there's somebody that you would like to hear me interview or you would like to see on the show to know a little bit more about, feel free to let me know. I know my friend um, Olivia Howell has been doing that. Hey girl. Um, Thank you so much for your suggestions. I'm working on it. I'm slowly getting there and I appreciate you all reaching out. Okay, so that's it for uh, my mommy monologue this week. Everything with Channing is good. 
Uh, life is good. I have no complaints. Just um, trucking on, right? I hope you are too. Now I want to get to my interview with M. Blair Briard. I'm so grateful that she took the time out of her very busy schedule in New York to talk with me and share her experiences. You guys are going to love it. Here's my interview with M. Blair Briard. I was going to say, did I read that you sort of, um, after, was it, were you in college or were you in high, or was it just after high school that you packed up and went to New York and were like, I'm going to try to make it in TV, TV or the entertainment industry? Well, it wasn't quite like that. I did, um, move here when I was 18, mostly because I just wanted to not be in Monroe, Louisiana. Yeah. <laughs> so I just had no idea that I was going to, uh, work in entertainment at all. I just wanted to be in New York. I didn't really care what I did. I just wanted to be here. You just sort of felt that itch to like get out of the South, if you will. That's right. Like Exactly. I, hey, I hear you. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I want to talk to you then about, well, let's, let's start from right now. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to backtrack a little bit. I would love to talk to you about Pamela Adlin's new show, Better Things. Yes. And it's fantastic. I love it. Um, on many different levels. One, because I'm an actress and I'm also a mom. And I found, especially in the pilot scenes during like the audition where she's sitting there and, um, uh, oh, I just forgot her name. Julie Bowen yep. comes out and they're all like, oh, fuck, let's get it. Let's leave. <laughs> like as an actor, there's so many moments like that that I could relate to and connect to. Yeah. Um, tell me a little bit about how this show came to be and your involvement in it. Well, I've been producing Louis uh, with Louis C.K. for since 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 we started the show, and we worked together uh, on a film many years ago called Pootie Tang, and had always mm-hmm. stayed uh, friends, you know, and professional colleague type of people. And uh, Pamela started working with us on the show even in season one, and I just liked her so much. I, I loved her energy and her intelligence and just her take on things. And so, you know, we began to just develop a friendship and a kind of professional working relationship through her work on Louie. Uh, and at some point, uh, I, I guess, uh, you know, there was an idea about her making a show and, when that came to light, I just said to Louie and to Pamela, I, I have to do that show. You have to let me produce yeah. that show because I love her voice. And I just felt very strongly that there was nobody else like that on television. Mm-hmm. And we hadn't seen that kind of woman on TV. You know, the sort of, yes, she's sort of having it all. She's got her career and she's got her kids. She's divorced. Um, and doing it by herself, but you know, she's not, she doesn't have that sort of typical, oh, she can have it all with, you know, blowing Mm -hmm. her hair up in the air and, (laughs) you know, hiding from the kids in the bathroom. I mean, it's, it's much more realistic and I think much funnier, uh, to see all the flaws and, you know, one of the things that she says in the show that I love is that, you know, she fails every day. She fails all the time, but she's doing the best she can. And that's really what's interesting to me. So I just said, I have got to, I've got to work on this show. Now, from a producing standpoint, whenever you, whenever you step into a project, 
Are you on the creative side of things in terms of development where you help work on scripting and character development and that sort of thing? Or are you more on the logistics side of producing where you're like getting your crew together and working on budgeting and that sort of thing? I'm more on the logistics side. Mm-hmm. Um, I get involved. I, I don't get involved with the stories, um, particularly if you look at the shows that I'm producing. They're all with very strong storytellers. Mm-hmm. I mean, Louie is a very strong storyteller and, um, you know, writes all the shows himself. It's rare that he'll have someone else uh, involved creatively in the storyline. So uh, on that show, you know, I'm used to just doing – the, the where I get involved creatively is solving the creative problems. Okay, you want to, you know, shoot this kind of scene. What if we did it here? What if we did it there? What if we did it in this way instead of that way? Would this work for you? So it's more creative problem solving than actual story ideas. I will, you know, rarely uh, offer up a, a story idea, but if I do, it's to try and solve solve a problem. Um, so it's the same with Pamela. She's got a very, very strong voice and she and Louie wrote all the scripts together. Um, and so there wasn't really a need, uh, for, for that. But on the day to day, when I'm there with her on the set, you know, we may have conversations about, you know, this thing or that thing or this moment or that moment or this character or this location, uh, and I'll just bounce things. I'll let her bounce things off of me. Mm-hmm. But really, I see my role, and and it's the same with um, you know with one Mississippi with Tig. Tig's got a very strong uh, voice, so it's more. I see my role more as supporting these creative voices and helping them, helping clear the obstacles, mm-hmm. so that that voice has a has a an, an unhindered trajectory. I think that's so interesting because there's so many great comedians out there and there's so many great writers who have that unique perspective and strong perspective and they maybe don't have um, a partner like you in a a production partner like you that can help get them focused because you know so many creative types are a little bit like la 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 you know Mm -hmm. we're like what's that oh shiny things and um, you really need somebody to keep them grounded and focused and on the right track financially. That's a big, that's a big hurdle. Um, do you find that that's sort of why your relationship with Louis CK has been kind of so symbiotic? Like you guys have worked together on so many projects. Um, is that kind of a groove that you're in? Yeah, it's a great groove that we're in. And it's, you know, part of it is sort of recognizing what your own strengths and weaknesses are. And not, not just accepting them as if that's a bad thing, but sort of embracing them. I, when I was much younger, I was, um, I was in a punk rock band and I was doing really, (laughs) really bad (laughs) performance art and trying to act and, you know, doing all that stuff. And I thought that that's who I would be. And at a certain point I started, I sort of jumped off a cliff in a way and went and worked for free on, on a movie uh, behind the scenes. And I was thought, oh, how am I going to do this? It's nothing to do with who I am or what I'm doing. But I realized pretty soon that that's where my strengths are. And it's actually 
a lot more interesting than I thought. And, and it is what I'm, I'm good at and I like doing it. And, and so with, with Louie and myself, we work really well together because I, I, I get his vision. Mm-hmm. I understand what he's going for. And there is nothing more exciting to me than trying to help him figure out how to get it done and how to show it on screen and how to, you know, where to put the scene and what locations. And you, you always have obstacles because most of us work within uh, a, a budget mm-hmm. that we're given and a time constraint that we're given. So um, there's always obstacles, but that's interesting because it sort of affords you the opportunity to think of things in a way that you maybe wouldn't have thought of them before. Um, and I, my brain works like that and, and it's interesting to me and it's very satisfying to me. And I feel that I am very much a, a creative part of, of these shows, but it's creatively solving the problems. Right. It's helping creatively figure out how to give these storytellers what they need in order to tell their story. I feel like sometimes the producers who do what you do sometimes don't get a lot of the sexy, flashy cover of the magazine, you know, kind of attention like the stars of the shows do. Um, yeah, no, nobody cares. As an, I care. No, I nobody do. Nobody cares. I do. I do. As an actor, I am fascinated with it. Um, and I, I, it's all very new and exciting and interesting to me. So um, do you ever like wish that you were you know getting a little more of the attention or are you okay kind of being like you know on the not I want to say on the sidelines because I don't want to diminish what you're doing but you know what I mean are you kind of sort of behind the scenes. behind the scenes yeah are you okay with that or are you would you rather be like hey bro <laughs> look, I, look at I'm, I'm helping I, this too <laughs> well I'm very okay with it and I have to say I'm really lucky because Louie is extremely uh, generous with me and acknowledging my my value. Um, yeah. You know, he publicly thanks me. He thanked me at the Emmys. You know, live mm-hmm. on for millions of people to hear and see. And congratulations, uh, by the way. That was that was. I know he went up on stage and accepted it, but. Um... Yeah, but it was just like my kids saw that, and that was just and my parents saw it, my family Aww. saw it. They're like, "Oh, she really does have a job." Um, <laughs> so, Isn't that funny? How you, you have to you have to like be on a stage accepting an award to prove to your parents? Yes, no, no, exactly, I, exactly. I, I do work in this industry. Yeah, but he's he is. He, I'm lucky because he's always giving me. Um, you know, kudos and acknowledgement. I'll turn on some podcasts that he's on and I'll hear him. Someone will say, Oh, did you hear Louie thanking you on the thing? And I know I didn't. So that's, that's pretty nice. great. Yeah. Um, so I don't feel, um, unrecognized. The only time I ever wish that I got more is I wish I had like a bigger, you know, wardrobe <laughs> or, or, you know, more no, like ca- cars to drive me around. And <laughs> I went, priorities. I, love I went to something the other day and, uh, you know, I was talking to our publicity guy and he was like, yeah, and I offered them, you know, some hair and makeup and car and everything. Oh, oh, do you want a car too? And I was like, yes, I do. Of course you, you do. Yeah. But it's that sort of those moments where I go, come on, just pretend like I matter. Oh, no. <laughs> See, I hate that. And it's, and it's all because of the, you know, publicity machine that is Hollywood. Like they want the, the face, the star, you know, <clears throat> that sort of thing. 
that's it's really fine with me i'm i'm so i feel like i get the acknowledgement that i need uh, because i really who i need it from are my peers and i get it from my peers and my partners you know i get it from louis i get it from pamela um and that's really uh really just kind of all you could hope for and I want to back up a little bit and talk about, you mentioned um, Pootie Tang and when you first met <laughs> Louis, um, how did Pig Newton come out of that? Was that sort of the first incarnation or did you guys try to work on other projects before you started Pig Newton? Well, Pig Newton came much later. Pig Newton came really right before we started the show for FX, maybe six months before that oh, or wow. something. Okay. Yeah. Um, so... Pootie Tang came from a completely different, had a different path to its life. You know, Louis had been a writer for Chris Rock show on HBO and, um, Pootie was a sketch character that, Mm -hmm. that, that Louis had created. And then for very, whatever reasons, uh, was decided to, let's make this a a feature film. (laughs) And so, and I enter, I was recommended and I was in, I interviewed and, um, someone, I said, you know, this is a, this is a first time filmmaker. He's never really done anything. And I thought, Oh my God, am I ever going to graduate and work with someone who's made more than, <laughs> more than nothing? And I met with Louie and it was clear from our meeting that he, he wasn't a first time filmmaker. He handed me stacks of, uh, short films that he'd made and a full length feature film that he'd, that he'd written, directed, financed himself. And I watched everything and I just thought, wow, this guy is really something maybe nobody's heard of him, but he has a very strong point of view mm-hmm. and really is that sometimes more important to you? It than- is. It is. You just want someone to know what they want. And even, you know, I also, as a producer, I want to give the the creator the opportunity to change their mind or to make a mistake or to go in a different direction. And that's Mm -hmm. the really hard thing to do when, especially when you're working with a tight budget is to just sort of create a space around the person and, and to say, it's okay. If you don't actually have the answer right now, take a minute, think about this, figure this out, uh, make a mistake. We'll figure out how to fix the mistake later because that's how good art is, is, great art is born and is made. And I'm told I'm trying to embrace that in my own um, writings and things like that. Now, I find myself just going just do it. Well, that's the thing. I think that's the best thing you can do is just don't think about it. Just do it. And then you can go back and you know, take a step away and go, Oh, I see where I made the mistake here. Yeah. yeah. Um, But sometimes it takes a little while to do that. And there's nobody who gets a there are very few people. I mean, really, <laughs> is there anybody who get it right on the first go? No. Uh, so I think that's a really important thing. And and I will say that working with Louis uh, helped me not only understand that better, uh, but really figure out how to do it, how to create a space for someone, a creator to have to be able to figure it out. So that's 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 not contra that doesn't contradict the statement of I want somebody to have a strong point of view because you can have a very clear point of view and in that point of view go I don't know whether it's happening in this moment I need a I need a minute to figure this out Mm -hmm. 
But when I saw his films, um, I just knew that this was a real voice, that this was an original voice. And I, I was very excited to, to work with him on Pootie Tang. And that's where we uh, began our working relationship. That's fantastic. That's fantastic. I'm so glad that you decided to take that risk. Um, Me I think, too. And <laughs> I think so many people and producers and especially at the network level, they're afraid to take risks um, with people that have strong point of view because a strong point of view because it doesn't appeal to everybody, you know, like the middle, middle America, not to stereotype and, but middle America may not like this strong point of view. And, um, I feel like that's sort of what's happening in comedy now is that we're seeing so many more shows with more specific real points of view and they're yes. doing really well. I, yes, and I think you are. guys, you guys in particular have started a trend with Louie for sure. Um, I think that that's really true and that it seems like the viewing audience is being drawn more towards either very personal comedy or, you know, if you look at something like Veep, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that's political satire mm -hmm. and that's absolutely so right on for the society and the environment that we're in even over the past five years the absurdity of politics right look at something like baskets it's weird it's so weird but it's, <laughs> it's very weird. unique it's very specific it's not like anything else hey i hope you guys are enjoying this interview with M. blair brayard i know I have learned so much um, from this episode, and I hope you are too. We're going to get back to it in just a minute, but I want to take a second to tell you a little bit more about Up4 Probiotics. Up4 Probiotics has been making probiotics and only probiotics since 1979. That's over 40 years of research on their trademarked super strain of probiotics. In each formula, that's what you'll find. Now, if you are looking for a way to increase your gut health to help give your stomach and your gut a little extra support up for probiotics is what you need to do that go to motherhoodinhollywood.com click on the up for probiotics image and that will take you to their website where you can find out more about all of the various types of support they offer everything from infants to senior citizens um, and you can also find them in your target store so don't forget about that next time you're shopping at Target swing by the vitamin and supplement section and check out up for probiotics I also want to tell you guys about Lansano they have the new Bluetooth smart pump. It is a smarter way to pump. If you're a breastfeeding mom or uh, you're maybe a pumping only mom, this is a great tool for you because it pairs with the Lansano baby app. It can help you keep track of all of your pumping sessions, record how much you're pumping and the date, time, duration, all of that useful information for moms who are breastfeeding. It's also very customizable so you can get the most out of every pumping session. It has three pumping styles and eight adjustable suction levels. So if you're looking for a smarter way to pump, go to motherhoodinhollywood.com, click on the Lansano image, and that will take you to Lansano where you can find out more about the new Bluetooth smart pump. And that's what's really interesting to me about it is that it's not like anything else. And um, it, it seems like that's the way comedy's going is to either very unique and very specific, very personal or very personal um, 
you know, points of view. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's what we're seeing in Tig's show too, right? One yes. Mississippi. Yeah. I've, I've actually auditioned for that show a couple you of times. Did? I oh, did. Yeah. Oh. I auditioned for, I want to say like the second and maybe the third episode or second and fourth. It was a nur- a couple of nurse scenes. And I remember I was reading the script like, oh, this is so funny. I want to be on this show so bad. Um, Tig Nataro is such a great uh, example of, uh, like you were saying, someone with a very specific point of view, a very personal and real comedy style. What was the experience like with working with Tig on that show? Well, you know, we started, um, well, first of all, there was the pilot mm-hmm. and we had to figure out where to, sh- we went straight to Louisiana to uh, work on, to shoot the pilot. We oh, shot it back Louisiana. to Louisiana. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Louisiana and Mississippi. And, um, and it was great. Uh, we had a fantastic team. You know, the cast is absolutely wonderful. And um, Nicole, we brought Nicole Holof center on to direct the pilot. I mean, what more wow. could you want? She was the perfect, perfect match. Um, tonally, uh, and just, she really got the material and she got TIG and it was, we had so much fun making it. And, you know, there's always the hard things, but, um, now because it was for Amazon, did you guys had to do the pilot separately? Cause Amazon does it a little bit differently, right? They'll do the pilot and then do they have the Amazon subscribers like vote on it or do they They do but I'm not sure I think there are a lot of different things that go into their um that go go into their decision about you know going to series or not but yes we just did the pilot but that's how we do it at FX as well like even with baskets we just did a pilot and then we waited for series pickup with better things we did a pilot and then we waited for the series pickup so so it's a similar kind of thing yeah I just I'm not sure how they make their decision about it but we got a series pickup, and then we uh, hired a showrunner uh, for TIG, who's called Kate Robin, who is just absolutely magnificent. She's, uh, we met a bunch of people, and Kate was really the right fit for TIG. She really understood TIG's voice and helped pull these stories out of TIG and shape them into a coherent uh, story structure mm-hmm. um, over the re- subsequent five episodes. Um, so it was, it was great. I mean, it was, it's the, one of the things that's different about that show is that we have different directors, uh, and shot it in a more, um, well, this, we had different directors on better things too, but, um, we shot it in a little bit more traditionally, uh, in terms of hiring the directors and not cross boarding everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but we and we what was more complicated about that show was that we had to we shot part of it in Los Angeles and part of it um, in Galveston, Texas. Oh, wow. Uh, to cheat that for Mississippi, we had some complicated reasons we couldn't go back to Mississippi or Louisiana. Um, and we had a very, very condensed period of time within which to make the show because um, Tig had twin boys oh, and they wow. were coming. So, oh wow, we um we had to we didn't have a lot of time and we had to really uh, race to to get that done. Um, one of the things that stands out to me about what we've just been talking about is the number of women 
that you keep mentioning and are saying are involved in these shows. Um, and I'm wondering if you think that we're seeing a trend now with more women being showrunners, more women at the helm of TV shows. Uh, is that something you're seeing as well? Bloody hell. I hope so. It's been, <laughs> it's, it's a long time coming. Um, I'm just, I gotta say, I'm really excited to just be, you know, in a, <laughs> situation where there's a lot of chicks in charge mm -hmm. you know yeah. I mean it's just I mean I don't want to say it's better it's just a correction you know I feel like I've spent so many years just working with with men mostly men in charge and it's just nice to be uh in company where it's all the women in charge um, it just does it does color the storytelling it, it colors the way the decisions get made it colors some of the choices and some of the dynamics and you know there's all good and all bad too it's not perfect but it's just nice to have okay you have problems with with women running things as well but hey i'll take that for a change <laughs> right right i'm so glad we're seeing yeah. more women filmmakers more women producers directors writers yeah. all of it well it's just you know what i the thing about better things is that these are just stories it just so happens that Pamela is a female human. Mm. Um, it so happens that the children she's writing about are female. It just so happens that the parent who lives across the street is female. That wasn't a conscious thing. Let's make everybody female. Mm -hmm. It just, this is the story she's telling. Right. She just happens to be female. And I did mean, you get any resistance at all from none. the network to be like, none. well, it's too lady heavy? None. That's good. I do think that there's a vacuum there that, you know, that needs to be filled. And the other thing is that men are watching this show, which mm -hmm. is great. I mean, I hear men talking about it. I read the demographics of who's watching the show. And I think that what's great about it is that it's not being categorized as some ch chick show or right. girl show. I mean, right. it really is just relatable. It doesn't matter if you're male or female, I mean, there are specific things to being male, but are, or to being female, but these are mostly universal human things that are going on. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I think that's why it's so relatable. Um, and that's why you're getting men and women who are watching it. Yes. Um, what about whenever you've got a story idea or whenever you've got a show that you want to pitch right now, do you just call FX and they go, yes, <laughs> no, that only happens to Louis. Oh. <laughs> it doesn't happen to me. <laughs> oh, I would think that they are just so in love with you guys over there that they're like, whatever you want to do, we got it. No problem. Well, I think that they really, well, I'll just say, I think that they absolutely believe in and trust Louis, <laughs> you know, um, take on what's good and what's bad. I mean, he's three for three. I mean, or four. Yeah. Louis baskets better things in one Mississippi um and he is an uncannily intelligent uh and insightful storyteller um we don't all have that that sense that he has I mean I've pitched several shows that have been soundly rejected <laughs> but I mean I it doesn't mean I'm gonna give up it just yeah. means that Maybe I'm not as, as, you know, I don't have quite as eagle eye as Louis has because storytelling isn't my 
first thing that I do. Oh, it is man. the if, first thing that he does. If you have been rejected, I have no hope for myself. Then <laughs> I'm like, oh, oh man. You have hope. Please have hope. I'm like, oh, great. Uh, <laughs> um, well, I want to ask you uh, one last question. Tell me what is next on the horizon for you? Where, where are you guys? Do you have more shows in development? I know you probably get asked a lot if we're going to see Louis return. Um, I'm just sort of wondering, like, what do you guys want to do next? You specifically, what do you want to do next? Um, well, I'd like to make another show in New York. We don't have a show in New York right now. So that feels a little sad to me because I'm a New Yorker and I've been, I've making movies and TV here for 25 years. Um, and the three shows that we have going on are all in LA. So, um, I'd really like, so of course I would love Louie to come back, but um, I don't, that's such a personal decision for him, whether mm-hmm. he wants to continue storytelling in that particular voice. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's enjoying a break from it. I mean, we made Horace and Pete yeah. in uh, January, February, March, and that was a fantastic experience, a big learning curve for me. I'd never done multicam, but it's, you know, it's not. It's, do, you, it's, do you think it's multicam is over? Go fix the train engine. Someone yeah. said, let's just make this in a different way. Do you think that multicam is over? Do you think we're going to see like more? I mean, I, I feel like it, it's kind of like it's such a dated format, but it, there's so many shows that seem to do so well for the big networks. So, well, it worked for us, but that was a really, per- that was another very personal project. Right. Um, and it was just thrilling and we had such a tremendous response uh to the show I, I know that louis really loved working in that format i and i loved it as well it's just it's like live it's it's yeah. really electric it's it's like filming a live play um so i could see us doing some another multicam sometime in the future i have no idea when mm-hmm. um and i think that you know we'll just keep trying to make good unique and interesting shows i just would like the next one to be in new york <laughs> any fe- any features on the horizon for you um there's always features on the horizon <laughs> just making movies and i love making movies so and i'm i would imagine that uh you know louis will make another film at some point yeah uh, oh and i almost forgot did you you had mentioned you had kids right I have a kid. You do have a child. I'm, I literally was like so excited about talking about your producing stuff that I almost forgot to talk about the mom stuff really quickly. Tell me how is that? How old is your child? And, and, um, is he there? She, he, she, I have a boy. I have a boy child who is now 12 and a half. Oh my gosh. And so he, it's, it's easier now that he's older and he can understand that I'm not just abandoning him because I, I he's awful. <laughs> I'm just going to go to work. Um, so, you know, I was working in the business but way before I had a kid. And it was, um, you know, it, that's been a really interesting journey because for the – I did a feature when I was pregnant. And I didn't tell anybody I was pregnant. And I took a lower position on the film because I wanted to stay home in New York. And all the other offers I had were out of town. Mm-hmm. And so I remember the guy was saying to my agent, you know, what she, why would she take this position? She's always doing the other one. And my agent said, you know, she just wants to stay home. 
And I was, I didn't let anybody know I was pregnant until I just couldn't hide it anymore. <laughs> Why was that? You do, do you want them to treat you I just differently? Didn't, yeah, I just didn't want, I didn't want the, um, I just didn't want it to be a thing. Mm -hmm. And, and of course it wasn't, I worked the same stupid hours that we always, <laughs> you know, 14, 15 hours a day. Um, but I had a great pregnancy and it was not a big deal. And then I had, uh, my son and I, the first time <clears throat> I went back to work, the two people who offered me work were a single mom executive mm -hmm. and a gay male executive, <laughs> uh, which was great. They yeah. just didn't even, they were just like, Hey, these are, these would be great jobs for you to start getting your toes back in again after, since you've had the baby, super normal, wonderful, supportive, helpful, everything. I had been attached to a feature for a couple of years that went, you know, into development and then went into turnaround and then it came back around and my son was five months old and, uh, I met with the director and who was had been the director even way before I had the kid when we were, you know, earlier on in the movie's life. Mm -hmm. And uh, I brought my son with me to the interview. I handed him over to my husband because he was little and we were just out and about. And at the end of the interview, the guy said to me, are you going to miss your I got to ask you, are you going to miss your baby? And I just thought that oh. I, I'm going to just lose what? my temper. And I didn't. And I said, of course, I'll miss my baby. I said, but I wouldn't be here if I wasn't ready to go back to work. And what an asinine thing to ask. Right. Like and I, I didn't get the job. And um, they took, I had been attached to the film. So I got, I was unattached and they hired a guy who had way less experience than me at the time, but had a, also had a five month old or had a nine month old and then left the film early to have another kid. Um, uh, I was bitter, 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 bitter. Yeah. I was so bitter about that. I'm sure I would be too. And then here are these two amazing executives, you know, at studios who were like, of course you can do it. Here's a job. Here's the job. Here's the next job. Here's the next job. So, um, you know, it's a, it's a juggle to, to, because of course, you know, I always feel guilty when I'm not around. I've missed so many things like beginnings, like first days of schools and mm -hmm. things like that. But then the great thing about doing this kind of work is I have huge chunks of time in between. Like this year I was in LA all of April, May, and June. I mean, I came home on weekends, but I was gone working on better things and on one Mississippi, but my son is old enough now that I said, you know, I'm going to be gone. I said, but I will be back and we'll have the whole summer together. And we had the whole summer together. So it's a, it's a balancing, um, thing. Someone asked me the other day if I was available for a feature and I said, I am, where is it? Is it Atlanta? I said, no, I'm not going to, I'm not going to go to Atlanta for a feature. I'll do a feature in New York. Yeah. Um, so but that's it's nice that you can control your destiny a little bit. Like you can, you could control your career a little bit, you know, a little more. Bit. I yeah. mean, more now than when my son was smaller mm -hmm. and it's hard. It just is always hard. You know, I was pumping, uh, you know, and, uh, yeah. at my desk and the first AD walked in. Uh -huh. like, okay, I'm just feeding my kid. He's not here, but it's just going in a bottle, which is going in the fridge, which I'll bring home. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I got on a van with to go tech scout with like 10 dudes. And I brought a thing to plug into the, 
you know, um, the cigarette lighter. Yeah. And I said, if anyone's offended by this, get off the bus because I'm in charge and I'm breastfeeding. So, <laughs> you know, that so, is the quote of the day. I love it. Had to do it. <laughs> I'm in charge and I'm breastfeeding. So if you can't handle it. I love that. I love that more women are in, are becoming are feeling empowered, I should say, especially on film sets and TV sets to say, no, my family is just as important as my career. It is more important than my career. And I'm going to do what I got to do, whether it's yeah. breast pumping, whether it's leave to go to a school event or family event. Cause I feel like this industry can be so all consuming. So all consuming that if that you could um, easily neglect your family and forget that that's going to, your family will always be there. I mean, the entertainment business will always be there, but your family needs you, you know? And yeah, but it's very scary if you're a freelance person totally. to, to, to just say, no, I can't do that right now because then you don't know if that might last six months or 12 months or eight yeah. months. Um, but it's also about finding the right people to work with. I mean, when we started Louis, Louis just said, I'm, going to do this in the way that makes sense for me. I'm raising my daughters and they are, I have them for, with me for part of the week and I am not going to shoot five days a week. You go figure it out. And I just thought, oh my God, it's going to be impossible. We're never going to be able to afford it. How are we going to get the show done? Uh, but I, of course I did figure it out and mm -hmm. it allowed me to then, you know, take my kid to school two days a week and be home for dinner two days a week, which is unusual. And a lot of the other people on our team, uh, had children and they benefited as well. And we all took a little bit of a cut in pay, but our quality of life was much higher and we were really happy. I had a very happy crew. So I think there is more of a balance to be had. You just have to find people who are willing to say, this is a boundary. I'm not crossing. I love that. I'm leaving after 10 hours because I want to see my child. And, uh, you know, I, fortunately or unfortunately, however you want to look at it, in my case, it took a man to say that. Yeah. I, I've never had a woman uh, say, I'm going have to, to leave by this time. Yeah. So I can go. Yeah. Yeah. Because and I think if a woman said it, they would be, it would be like, oh, of course she does. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like she's soft exactly. kind of a thing. Um, exactly. So I do that now. I mean, for Good I've for been in, in, empowered by Louie to be able to say, you know what, go to the, your kid's dental thing, go to the school conference, come in a little later, you know, we'll figure it out. We're all grown ups. We know what it takes to get the job done. Right. And I find people are just happier if they don't have to make those super hard choices. I think that's, Every day. yeah, I think that's fantastic. And I love to hear that that's happening on TV shows. I love to hear that it's, you know, hopefully happening in some films too. Um, it's honestly why I started motherhood in Hollywood, because I wanted to try to find a way to balance this love that I have for this industry, but also the unbelievable love that I have for my daughter and for my family. Yeah, And I think that you can have both. I think that you can you know, um, go after your dreams and whether it's producing, acting, you know, styling, whatever it is, uh, and still maintain a, a healthy home life. Right. Shouldn't we, don't we have the right to do that? We do have the right to do it. And you know, it, 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 we do have the right to do it. I mean, 
it helps to have supportive partners in our lives mm-hmm. um, who don't work in the business. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. My husband doesn't, which who makes have, it huge neither difference. is mine. Who have different hours and all of that, but it is. It is. It shouldn't be. It shouldn't be embarrassing or humiliating to talk about the fact that you have a family and you need to attend to them sometimes. Absolutely. Um, most of the things that we're doing can, can, can handle a little bit of juggling in the schedule to accommodate some, some life stuff. Um, I am so in love with this podcast episode right now. I think that everybody that's going to listen to it is going to have their eyes opened and glean so much information from it. I know that I have for sure. And I, um, I love better things and I can't wait to see what you guys come up with next. I can't wait to see what you're doing next. Thank um, you. Thank you so much for taking the time to be thank on my you. show. I, I love your podcast and thanks for your interest. Of course. You're welcome to come on anytime. I'm so glad you like my show. All right, everybody. And if you want more information on uh, Blair and on the project she's working on, go to motherhoodinhollywood.com. I'll post lots of links there. And remember, you guys, I'm not a perfect mom, but I can play one on TV. We'll see you next week. Bye. (laughs) Bye Bye-bye. Mama funny. Balls.